From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. I am welcoming Heather Watson to Uniquely Kentucky today. She is what they call an influencer. She's a blogger. She loves dogs. She loves bourbon. Heather, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. You run a website and a blog, Heather, called Her Kentucky. How did that get going and where did the idea come from? You know, it Her Kentucky has taken a lot of iterations. It's evolved a lot. We're coming up on the 8th anniversary in September. And it actually started as a multi-rider blog. Um, by training, I am actually a legal research librarian. I worked in a law firm for years. And then um, sort of over the years, I evolved into a freelance writer and a freelance researcher. Um, and along the way, I sort of started picking up social media gigs and, um, and social media interests as that world exploded. Um, but actually, I was um, working on a piece in Lexington for Ace Weekly, and I was horribly behind schedule, and I was letting my imagination run just to keep from writing what I had due that day, uh, as you do sometimes as a freelancer. And I started thinking about the stereotypes of Kentucky women, and so many of the women I knew in Kentucky whose lives differed so much from the stereotypes you see. You know, you often see the Southern Belle debutante, you know, big derby hat stereotype, or you see sort of a strong mountain woman stereotype. And I knew so many women who filled in the cracks between mm. those. And at the time, I had a lot of friends who were just kind of embarking on great careers that were kind of out of the box. Uh, do people doing big things in politics and medicine and uh, a couple of friends who were really trailblazing in uh, theology, you know, ladies who were uh, preachers. And I really wanted to work with them to tell stories about female Kentuckians. So the first iteration of Her Kentucky was a six person blog. Um, we would set a theme for the month, something like, oh, it's August. Let's talk about school. Let's talk about sending your kids to school if you have kids. Or let's talk about going back to college or football. Uh, just all of our writers sort of taking themes and doing their own essays on that. Um, and the multi-writer format worked for two or three years, but honestly, I picked some friends of mine who were just excelling in their own careers, and as social media and blogs and that entire world was taking off, they started building great careers of their own um, and, and spending so much time on their own projects that they really didn't have time to commit to her Kentucky, which was great. We all have different time to devote to different projects, but it was still something that very much spoke to me, was this brand and talking about both my own experiences with Kentucky 
and the experiences of my friends, my family, my colleagues, in the businesses I love here in the state. Um, so it's, it's certainly changed over eight years. And of course, when I started it, there wasn't a world where being an influencer was a career. Um, so it, it's become a beautiful thing. It's just it's evolved as trends in the media, trends in the industry have taken off as well. Let's talk about that word influencer because it is something I think that we hear so much about. And I like to think that probably because of the popularity of things like Instagram, um, that's where I personally uh, find people that influence me on trends, on products. And I find that I learn a lot from women like yourself who are out there blogging about, writing about, putting things on social media, things that I'm interested in, and then others are as well. I think that anyone who is an influencer has such a love-hate relationship with the word itself. Um, you know, when working in the social media space, you find that very often it's as simple as your readers, your followers, have built up trust in you as an influencer. So maybe someone knows Heather has a career as a bourbon writer. You know, and I do. I'm working on a book about women in the bourbon industry. So I get to go to a lot of great, you know, first press uh, pourings for a whiskey or I'll get to go to special tastemaker dinners. And, and I do get the first taste of a bourbon that is poured for the press. Um, so it is, So, for example, I'll be able to say, hey, here's a new brand coming out from Brown Foreman or whoever. I think you will like it. Here's how it tastes. And in its, I think, most pure form, being an influencer is, it can be a great thing because you are able to take your interests your areas of expertise and pass that along to like-minded people, people who follow your social media accounts because they trust your taste, they trust your opinion. Um, of course, as, as the job has evolved, and it is a job, you know, I, I'm doing this because I love it, but everyone has to get paid at their job. Uh, so certainly, some I do take opportunities where an Instagram post, for example, would be sponsored. And just like any other job, that is regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. So I am required to tell you, hey, this is an ad. This, this space was purchased the same as an ad on a TV show or in a magazine. And I think that as an influencer, I personally, a lot of my friends and colleagues in the influencer space do try very hard to keep a journalistic integrity there, that I'm not going to say, hey, I've spent my whole life writing about Kentucky bourbon, but I believe you ought to try this Tennessee whiskey that's probably <laughs> really good and they paid me well. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. I feel like that is a cardinal sin if you are talking about Tennessee whiskey on your blog or on any of your social media. It really is. It really is. Um, but, and it's 
easy to laugh at that one mm. because we all know Kentucky is superior. Yes. But, um, you know, the influencer space has become a commercialized space. And I think that there is a way to approach that mm. with integrity. I think there is still a way to talk to your followers about both products, ideas, foods, anything that you love, get paid, and yet maintain some integrity sure. about what you're sharing. Um, it's certainly a balancing act, and I don't ever want Her Kentucky to become just an ad space. Mm -hmm. um, but as I say, everyone has to put food on the table, and I think it's naive to think otherwise. You talk about a lot of food when you write. Um, I know you love style and gorgeous clothes. Books are a big part of your life, and I love that about you. Those, though, sound like loves really before you started writing about them in this website blogging space. What I want to know is where did those loves come from? Was there someone that influenced you when you were younger? You know, maybe in the sense of where your style comes from. You know, um, first of all, I have a very traditional preppy style with some flair. Um, I think anyone who grew up in Kentucky knows that the best place to shop ever was at Dollhurst. Yes, ma'am. Uh, particu <laughs> particularly the ones at uh, the Lexington Mall and the one in Pikeville. Mm -hmm. Hazard was good, too. Uh, but, you know, that, that really was. I forever am going to go back to, if I can have a khaki skirt with UK embroidered on it, that is the number one item in my closet. Um, I also had a great aunt who, uh, she retired from the school system in southeastern Kentucky in the 70s, and she moved to Florida. And she got very into tropical prints and costume jewelry, and I look so often at my closet, and I look at, I love big, chunky jewelry. I love Kendra Scott. I love uh, Elba Fields, which is a local business that was founded by a good friend of mine. I love Lily Pulitzer prints. And I see so much of that is, okay, that's when my great aunt retired from the school board in Harlan and moved to eastern Florida. And that is the exact moment that that uh, style started for me. So, Heather, you talk about doll hairs. True story. When I got my first job at WYMT in Hazard, my clothing allowance actually came from the doll hairs there in Hazard. And I would get to go in with my pre-approved limit and the doll hairs card or the station card. And, and I just have very vivid memories of what a wonderful store and the people that were there um, about those first that first year when I got to go in with my very first clothing allowance. It's such a wonderful sense memory for so many of my readers. Anytime I mention doll hairs, particularly on Her Kentucky's Facebook page, mm -hmm. my readers just light up about it. They're like, oh my gosh, I love this one. I love the one in Fleming Neon, you know, just these little tiny yeah. towns. And it, it is so great. And that is something that is so special about Her Kentucky's readership for me is that we do have that shared memory of so many things. Um, you know, if I talk about, hey, 
does anybody know that Coach Bryant, before he went to Alabama, coached at the University of Kentucky? I have all these readers saying, yeah, my grandpa was in school at UK at the time. It's just, it's really lovely to feel that connection to the readership. You know, Heather, you grew up in eastern Kentucky, and I think what I love hearing you say about Kentucky women, and unfortunately other folks put these stereotypes on us, is that, you know, women from eastern Kentucky are this way, or if you're from Louisville, you're this way. But what I have found over the years is that we are all a little bit of Eastern Kentucky, Louisville, wherever you're from, kind of rolled into one. And I find that's what makes women in Kentucky so very unique and really quite strong. You know, we have so many great role models right now. I like to look at Weta Michael, for example. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, that this is a lady who can go to the James Beard house and say, hey, I'm going to make dumplings and soup beans because that's what they make in my part of the world. And, and I do think we're in a very, very special moment with, with food, with bourbon, with entertaining where we can celebrate the diversity but also what brings Kentucky women together and our common interests and our common you know, strengths. I am always amazed, I think, by the women in Kentucky that always seem to make their mark. And I go back to the style portion of the conversation. You know, there are so many local shops out there that women have started, and they've really carved out their own niche. And in many cases, I usually find that they have put maybe their small town on the map because of it. And I just don't think that a lot of people give those places enough props because many times they're run by women. They're an idea that a woman had, and she dreamt it up and then made it happen. Absolutely. You know, one that sticks out to me is Sweet Mash Goods in Lawrenceburg. Have you been there? No, I have not. You know, they are um, very immersed in the bourbon trail, you know, being Hmm. right there by Wild Turkey and um, Four Roses. And honestly, one of the pieces that I get asked most about on Instagram, on Facebook, and on the blog is a, a set of bangle bracelets that are made in the shapes of um, bourbon barrels. Hmm. And they are made by the company Bourbon and Bowties, who sort of have a national cult following. But the barrel bracelet is only available at Sweet Mash. And, of course, even their name reflects, you know, sort of a play on Sour Mash Whiskey. Uh, And they are just an amazing group of women to work with. Uh, It's founded by two friends uh, local to Lawrenceburg. And I love that they are able to take you know, home goods and jewelry and some clothing and really play into a woman's take on the bourbon industry. Mm. Um, Another one that's doing that is Pappy and Company, which was founded by two of the three Van Winkle triplets, obviously of the Pappy Van Winkle family. They are doing, they have the exclusive licensing for um, the Pappy Van Winkle line. So they are taking their dad and brother's logos, and they're creating shirts and mugs and 
really thoughtful pieces. And as they say, they want to reflect their lifestyle, not just here's the whiskey my dad is making. And I think that we've got some just some really great people right now who are unleashing their creativity in just a beautiful way to reflect their Kentucky heritage. Heather, you have the amazing opportunity, I think, to share stories. And when we're in the journalism world and we get the ability to share these stories and then we get to see how they impact others, I'm wondering, is there a moment for you when you were able to share something on Her Kentucky that maybe changed the game for a person or a business because you were able to introduce them to your readers and to your followers? Do you have one of those? Um, I don't know that I have had that kind mm-hmm. of influence. I certainly know that I have had a few times when I am able to point to friends in other cities who Mm -hmm. say, hey, you introduced me to this brand. Two brands that I work very closely with here in Louisville that I hope that I've been able to spread the word about are brands that are extremely close to my heart. One is Onshaw Project. Have you heard of them? No. Ancho Project is amazing. They are, it was founded by two women who are local to Louisville, Colleen and Maggie Kleins. They're sisters, and they both have artistic backgrounds. I think they both are in landscape architecture, engine, you know, that sort of design world. And they, work, they actually have founded a company that works through Portland, Louisville, into India, And they are actually helping to rescue women from sex trafficking and the commercial sex trade in India by retraining them to be artisans. And this company is incredible. They are committed to very, very low environmental impact. They recycle old saris, Um, you know, the beautiful costumes you see Mm -hmm. Indian women wear. And they actually, part of their business model is to travel to India and recruit these artisans and set them up there and help financially empower them. They also bring some of the artisans here and work with them here in Louisville. And um, they've set up uh, Dyescape, which is a local plant-based dye uh, company. And they repurpose old saris, and they make these absolutely amazing scarves and quilts and pillows and all these small textiles. And you can just feel so good about knowing you are helping change these women's lives by wearing these amazingly beautiful pieces. And I don't know that I, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say I have, driven their sales, but I do know that I am getting the word out there. Every time I talk about Onshaw, I feel so proud to Mm -hmm. say I am helping, you know, maybe in a small way, drive awareness so that the next time someone says, hey, I need a Christmas gift, maybe you can put money into that instead of fast fashion. 
Another great brand that I've worked really closely with and I hope I have impacted is Elva Fields. The founder's name is Emily Maynard. She's actually a Danville native, and we've, we've known each other through mutual friends for years. And Emily has this great story. She um, trained to be a uh, museum curator. She went to art school in New York, and she actually fell in love with some jewelry classes. And Emily has, at one point, she was one of Oprah's favorite things in the magazine. Oh, wow. At one point, her jewelry was actually in anthropology. Um, but she creates these just unbelievably beautiful custom necklaces. They're all bespoke. They're all one of a kind. She trolls flea markets for these gorgeous vintage brooches. And she sort of hand strings these beads, and she incorporates vintage pieces. I have one gorgeous piece that is literally a mother of pearl necklace with this giant Max Factor uh, 1950s mother of pearl compact as the centerpiece. So that's a show shot stopper I wear to galas. And every time I, you know, I wear something like that, I can say, hey, mm -hmm. this is a bespoke piece by my dear friend. Um, you know, and it's just so amazing to be able to use her Kentucky to say, here are 15 or 20 woman-owned businesses in Kentucky. These are people who are my friends and colleagues, and I would love for you to love them as much as I do. You actually mentioned a little bit earlier, but I know that you have been compiling for some time now this book, The Women of Kentucky Bourbon. And I got to hand it to you, Heather. That sounds like a pretty amazing assignment. You get to go around to all of these distilleries, but more importantly, you are finding the stories, you're telling the stories of the women behind Kentucky's signature industry. So the question I have for you is where is that book in terms of being completed and when will we be able to get our hands on it to read it? You know, I feel like I've been gestating an elephant here. <laughs> so I certainly have uh, sympathy for Mickey the elephant over at the zoo. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I am finishing up the final stages of editing and rewrites, um, getting it out to the publishers. So hopefully, hopefully 2020. Um, it, it's been a labor of love, I will say, as a writer, as a researcher, as a bourbon lover, it has been just an incredible, incredible journey. Um, and it's tested so many different journalistic skills. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that we rely so heavily, particularly when, when you're in new media, as I am, you rely so heavily on being able to just email someone an interview or work from a press release, uh, maybe not get as down in the trenches as more traditional journalists are used to. Um, I had this incredible experience. I was interviewing Bill Samuels Jr. about his mother, who is the only non-living uh, character in my book, Mrs. Samuels, uh, Marge Samuels is considered the inventor of bourbon marketing and the inventor of premium bourbon because she worked with her husband while her husband, Bill Sr., was developing the Maker's Mark whiskey from the, Mr. 
Samuel Sr. was developing the bourbon itself, she took on all of the red wax, the hand calligraphed labels, every piece that was beyond whiskey making is Marge Samuels. And I had a chance to speak to Mr. Samuels Jr., who's in his 70s and just a brilliant, eccentric man. But I was interviewing him on the floor of the dipping line at Maker's Mark. I couldn't use my dictaphone. I, you know, he, and he's this eccentric, brilliant man. He had, literally has degrees in rocket science and, and, and uh, law. So he's talking a mile a minute about his memories of his mother. He's giving me no time to stop. I've got the assembly line behind me. I can't run my tape recorder, so I'm having to take notes longhand on a legal pad, you know, the way we did a hundred years ago. <laughs> it's Bill Samuels. He's a genius. He's talking about his mama. I'm not going to stop him and tell him to slow down. I'm not going to tell him to back up. So I'm literally having to take notes longhand like we did in college in the 90s, and I haven't done in centuries. Um, and it was literally the most amazing experience of my professional life. Um, I came home, and I was like, this is like if my dad met the Rolling Stones and oh. got to talk to him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it has been an incredible ride. I tell everyone quit your job, take a year, write about bourbon, and change your life. <laughs> change your well, I can tell you that there's going to be a lot of people who will love this book when it finally comes out because no matter what you think you know about the bourbon world, I have found there is always something for you to learn. So, Heather, we will not rush you when it comes to uh, this book. We can't wait for it to come out. Let's talk trends. Here we are. Uh, we're in the middle of summer. Is there anything that you have featured recently that is kind of your top trend right now here in Kentucky? You know, obviously, like I said, um, I am in love with the new line of scarves coming out of Anshaw Project. They have a lot of one-of-a-kinds. They have a lot of great pieces. Um, also, Always, always, always shop with Emily at Ella Fields because you'll get a necklace that is one of a kind. Seeing a lot of graphic tees right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just I saw one today from Shop Local Kentucky that made me laugh so hard. It said some of y'all didn't grow up in Kentucky, and it showed. I love the Shop Local folks. I don't know where they come up with this stuff, but they have a T-shirt for everything. They are just, they're so fun. And, I mean, obviously, my readers, what we've got coming up in August is people want to see Louisville Stoneware tablescapes mm. for tailgating. Okay. Um, you know, uh, my readers, like I said, they shop at, uh, they, they would still shop at Doll Hairs if they could. We love uh, getting those UK Vineyard Vine shirts from Logan's in uh, Lexington Green. Um, and my folks are, heading, are getting ready for football oh. in a big way. Um, so, and even though I live in Louisville, um, my readership is probably 85% UK. And everybody knows SEC football is where it's at, mm -hmm. especially UK football. So, uh, I, you know, 
what I'm getting coming across my desk in samples and in you know press releases is all UK blue. Yeah, which you can never go wrong. Never. Flattering color for everybody. You know, tailgate might just be tailgating to some people, but to my girlfriend and I, it is an event and everything matches. I think my one life goal is if I could find and put a chandelier in the tent, I would. But tailgate is. It's something that really brings us all together in this part of the country. You know, we bleed blue for UK. Um, and there's something about being able to put that southern twist on it, the food, the decorations. I mean, for our tailgate, we have a planning session. We sit down. We look at the calendar. We look at who's going to do what food, when. I mean, it is all planned out. And I think, kind of, I mean, that's just an SEC thing. It is. And I see it here in Louisville a lot, too, for polo. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends. Uh, throughout July, August, who really, they put out that same kind of spread. I mean, they're going to have Louisville stoneware vases, and they're going to have China for their polo tailgates as well. Um, You know, and I think something that we've seen over the course of maybe the past 20, 30 years, when I was in college at Transylvania in the 90s, Keeneland was, you just went. But now the tailgate scene is so mm -hmm. nuts at Keeneland. Um, And I always tell anyone that if the first time you're coming to Kentucky, you have, if if it's your first experience Mm -hmm. with Lexington, you have to do one of those October weekends where you can go to Keeneland and a football game. Um, And I'm just amazed by what tailgating has become at Keeneland and just, how different that scene is than when I started going to the races. Heather, I really appreciate your time. And one thing that on Uniquely Kentucky that we try and and talk to all of the guests, uh, we talk about books. And uh, they're something very important to me. I know they're important to you because you have an entire section on Her Kentucky uh, devoted to books. So I want to know, what has kept you turning the pages this summer? What have you been reading lately? Um, I think like everyone, like every woman in America this year, I have not been able to put Daisy Jones and the Six down. I think I stayed up one whole night reading it. It is so good. Um, And actually, if you love that, you should definitely check out uh, the same author. I think it's Taylor Jenkins Reid. Her her previous book, uh, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, is actually, I think, even a little better. centers around sort of an old Hollywood movie star and sort of the twists and turns of her life, and that one was beautiful. Uh, If you like uh, historical fiction, which I have a huge self-support for, I love The Huntress Mm -hmm. by Kate Quinn, which is the story of a Russian female fighter pilot during World War II that is a really... It's a little dark, but it's very twisting and wonderful. Well, I have not read any of those, but you can bet that they are going on the list and they will be some of my upcoming reads in the very near future. Heather, this is probably a loaded question for someone who writes so much about our great state of Kentucky, but I'd like to know from you, what do you think makes us so unique or the state so unique? I think that... 
if you go all the way back to when you're in elementary school and you think about, you, you get that lesson in the Kentucky regions. You know, you've got the Appalachian region, you've got the Penny Ryle, you've got all the different geographical regions. I think in so many ways, we can never discount how much the different geographical regions, the character of those regions, and whether it's something as simple as they eat, you know, mutton barbecue in the Owensboro area. Um, I look at, I grew up um, near Prestonsburg in eastern Kentucky, and, and we still are terrified to tell my 93-year-old Methodist grandma that I'm writing a book about whiskey because, <laughs> you know, we don't, you don't sure. do that. And she's a first-grade teacher, and she's kind of scary. But, um, you know, I do think that, and, and that was something that it, in its earliest inception, hopefully through to now, that, we real, that her Kentucky is really about is all of the different ways that my life as someone who grew up in eastern Kentucky has very strong ties to Lexington, very strong ties to Louisville. You know, my situation, my experiences, I'm not used to that sort of river town, you know, Missouri influence, Illinois influence that they have in Paducah. And I do think that that confluence, that kind of melting pot of different interests and experiences, you know, that you may get a more Germanic influence from folks in northern Kentucky, you sure. know, from the, up in Cincinnati and Dayton and Columbus, uh, you know, sort of streaming down into their world. And I do think that that has really settled into a nice, nice confluence of interests that gives Kentucky such a unique um, sort of influence or whatever you want to call it. Well, we have melded together nicely. Heather, if people want to learn more about you, they want to check out the website, um, how do they find you? Where can people go? I'm at HerKentucky.com. All of my social media handles are at HerKentucky. And I'm going to tease something interesting is okay. coming up. We have a podcast dropping in September. That is awesome news. You of all people need a podcast. You share so many great stories. That is so exciting. I do love to talk. You and me both, sister. Uh, Heather Watson, thank you so much for coming on Uniquely Kentucky. And thank you for what you do because you really do tell some amazing stories and you really kind of keep us abreast of some of the latest trends and cool things that are happening in Kentucky. And we just really appreciate what you do and also shining a light on women here in our state as well. So we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I've had so much fun today.